Here's the podcast of highlights from the Q102 Morning Show with Tim and Laura. We're a good morning, sunshine. By the way, what day is today? June 14th. Today's flag day. Flag day. Just let your flag fly, man. So I can let my flag fly. The adoption of the U.S. flag. Act of Congress proclaiming June 14th as National Flag Day. To make the stars and stripes the official flag of the United States of America. No, your flag's flying. Showtime. Oh, you strike me as somebody who might have one of those wooden flag poles. With the flags that hang down for each holiday. <laughs> no. You uh, <laughs> you must forget that for Christmas I am a one wreath on the door. That's <laughs> it. I don't bother with anything else. So oh. changing a flag for every I mean, little holiday is a lot. You wouldn't have struck me as anti-American. I. Uh, oh. oh, I thought you meant like I put up the spring well, has sprung flag and I put yeah, up a... That- the little hearts for Valentine's mm-hmm. flag. No, that's that's a lot. That's Pumpkins a lot. and the cornucopias no. in the fall. No. The flag. Well, if you do have a, a flag and you didn't realize today's the day, get it out and display it. It's also bourbon day today, which I will not be recognizing. Not a bourbon guy? No, not really any kind of hard booze kind of guy. I have done a couple weddings now officiating them where specifically... There's been bourbon included in the ceremony. One was like a like they were a unity ceremony part of where he was drinking bourbon, she was drinking wine. They were mixing it together. I was like, I don't think I drink that later on. I hope that's just going to be just for symbolic, probably symbolic, and not to be like preserved on our tenth anniversary. We're going to open this vase and drink the combination of both. But well, you probably could, I guess. I uh, we were down in Sioux Falls, some lovely restaurant. And the the bartender's like, you like bourbon? Nope. Oh, you, then you just haven't had good bourbon. Well, I'm pretty sure. So all of a sudden, he's schooling us on all the t- straight bourbon blended Kentucky single barrel wheated and then a little sample. I'm like, no offense. Uh, they all taste the same to me. That's how I feel with beer when people are like, oh, but you'll like this one. I'm like, it still smells like beer. And oh, I know it's going to taste man. like beer. I'm not going to like that. That was my mom when she'd buy, like, old Milwaukee. There's no difference uh, as long as it's cold and wet. Oh, mom, (laughs) come on. Tim and Laura on the Q102 Morning Show. To wrap up this short two-game series. Beautiful night last night, whether uh, twins or stingers or what have you. Yep. Now, uh, the anniversary for Todd and Tanya's got to be a couple couple of days. days. The 18th. That was a a warmish day. Yeah, like 95. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) I could say it was warmish. Sweaty. Warmish is a word for it, yes. We roasted, actually. uh, uh, Did you wear a black? uh, I did. Yeah. 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 Other than that, was there a, a color theme? I don't remember. Was, was there? There was. Uh, Tanya selected it, so you'd have to ask her what it was. Oh, <laughs> you don't remember it? I know. Because there's uh, some podcasters who have reawakened a wedding myth that suggests, uh, especially a couple of certain colors that you ought not wear because of the traditional reason. And uh, one would be an indication that... Um, <clears throat> You you maybe have a history with the groom. <laughs> I mean, I knew of never wear white to someone else's well, wedding, yeah, but yeah. I didn't know there were other um, off. 
So if you're, you're so you're not the bride at the particular wedding, right? You're so you wear a certain color, and you have a history with the groom, right? That's that, to indicate, hey, I'm here, but I'm the uh, ex, really, maybe an ex <laughs> or what have you. Maybe it wasn't I even. Never knew this. Maybe it wasn't even you know a serious oh. connection, but. Two colors discussed on a podcast. A couple of ladies just uh, talking about weddings and traditions and colors. And and one said, you know, are there colors you shouldn't wear? Don't wear white. Don't wear eggshell. Don't wear anything like that. Yeah. Unless the bride specifically requests that. Like, I've, I've attended weddings where they did a black and white theme. So they wanted oh. everybody to be in the mono, you know, no color. And then the wedding party was in color. So that kind of stood out in photos. That was kind of fun. So there's two specifically that are interesting. One is less nefarious. Should we start with that one? Green. Really? Uh, Traditionally. What's wrong with green? Well, it it comes from an Irish tradition. The color green could attract fairies and they could bring mischief and mayhem (laughs) to your union. I mean, that sounds kind of fun. I might might want to invite a little of that. I have seen a lot of, maybe not the bright emerald green or fluorescent green, but I've seen a lot of eucalyptus green in a lot of weddings. The bridesmaid dresses, the table linens, like all of that is very, very in right now. I think I saw an article now where a light green for the bride is becoming a thing. I haven't seen that in person yet, but I think I remember talking about that on the show. So uh, the one that uh, (laughs) raises an eyebrow here is red. You shouldn't wear red to a wedding. It's an old tradition. Well, the one podcaster, and I'm going to soften this a little bit. Okay. Well, red means you've been intimate with the groom. What? (laughs) What? I've never heard that. So I, I'm trying to picture the scene. You know, if, if there was a bad breakup, I would think that ex wouldn't be there. But say it goes back a long time, I don't know, college. And you, you get invited to the wedding and uh, your little message to the other gals is, uh, I got yeah. red. I, uh, I'm trying to think back over the before I started my officiating to all the weddings I attended. If I ever wore red, usually I would go with a black or a pink, because mm, let's be real. Yes. I own a lot of those two colors. Yeah. I think I did wear red <laughs> once, but it was to my cousin's wedding. Oh, Male cousin uh, was not wearing it for that particular reason. Let me just be clear. Was that in Alabama? or uh, No. <laughs> By the way, Bride Magazine says there are no hidden meanings to any colors no. for wedding guests. You should wear what you want to wear. Uh, later, shall we get started on the meaning of pineapples? At, oh boy, uh, here we go. Again. Vacation <laughs> or at the lakes around Wilmer. Tim Burns and Laura McKenna, the Q102 Morning Show. What Earth would look like one year after extinction. Now, hypothetically, if humans were suddenly gone and there was nobody to care for the roads and buildings, and I don't know if they did an AI Mm -hmm. sort of thing here, but the buildings are crumbling, the roads are crumbling, some animals still wandering the roads. It's creepy, but they said what might be striking is then if, say, someone from another planet landed here a year after extinction, what would be striking is how quiet it would be. Mm. 
Mm, yeah, please. Silence. I'm like, mm, mm. I could get down with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. They say be so eerie quiet. There's a place in the Twin Cities, Orfield Laboratories in South Minneapolis. They have a room that used to be the quietest room in the world. I think now somebody did one in uh, Washington, D.C. What would make it so quiet? Oh. It's like soundproof to the yeah. max or what? You know the soundproofing, well, that we would have in studios maybe like that two, three inches stuff. in depth. This is yeah. like two feet in depth of sound deadening mm. place. Just right. There's absolute silence. And the thing about it is people go in there and suddenly they start hearing their you know, blood rushing through their veins and their joints making noises. And oh, yeah. a lot of them can't stay in there. But for a few minutes, they start to go a little bit crazy from the silence. I think I would love it. I hope it's like a BYO, BNC. Bring your own book and cat, and I'll live there. Like, (laughs) I will move right into there. Sweet silence. No, even the cat. No, not that cat. That is the sick cat. (laughs) Well, that's the sad cat. That's too quiet for the cat. No, the cat will love it, too. I think we could be a real happy family in that quiet room. (laughs) Everybody leave Laura alone. That's right. Quiet, please. You're waking up with Tim and Laura on the Q102 Morning Show. Dads are harder to buy for than moms, you say? Yeah, so a new survey said that 38% of people say their dad is the hardest person to buy for. Out of all the relatives, out of all the holidays, the dad is the most difficult. And Mm. I kind of think, not that my dad wouldn't appreciate things, and whatever you got him, he would... Oh, thank you so much and and be fine with it. But trying to get him something that he doesn't already have or Ah, that he actually needs is almost impossible. So the safest route for my dad is to go hottest bottle of hot sauce you can find (laughs) along with some other things. You can't buy him tools. The man has 16 of everything (laughs) and can't find any of them. So he always has to go out and buy another one. So... Maybe like a toolbox organizational system, but still he would find a way to lose everything. But he's hard to buy for, but I think you would be hard to buy for too. At first I thought, me, what? No, but then when you bring up the two, I have a lot of tools also. Again, can I find them when I need them? Uh, Not always. But Uh, you also are a gadgety person. which you You would think, oh, well, that's easy then. Get them the latest gadget. But you probably already have the latest gadget Uh, and are telling all your friends to get the latest gadget. So that would be hard. You're not really a sports fan, so you can't just get the latest ball cap or sports sweatshirt. I think you and my dad would both be hard. I tell you what's easy. Food and beer. I tell you, I'll be (laughs) happy dad, happy weekend, (laughs) food and beer. Tim Burns and Laura McKenna, the Q102 Morning Show. This is weird. In 1920, the U.S. Post Office said you could no longer send by parcel children. (laughs) What fun is that? (laughs) If you can can no longer do that, what's the point of having them? (laughs) It says here parents would often mail their children because it was cheaper in those days than transportation if the child weighed under the 50-pound parcel weight limit. You could send your child to grandma through the mail. (laughs) Pack your bag. We're putting a stamp on your suitcase. You're going to grandma's. And then your post person just picks them up on the porch. Like He put your little flag up. Oh, where's yeah. the letter? Nope, you're taking little Johnny here to grandma's. Okay. But I don't know if the postal carriers were uh, required to feed them and water them along the route, oh. I, I guess, in 1920. 
an interesting... Times were different back then. It's true. What a piece of history to leave you with today. Share that with your coworkers and say you heard it on the Q102 Morning Show. The Q102 Morning Show Podcast. Join Tim and Laura weekdays from 6 to 9.